0: is the founder of the self-made theory a business advisory practice that enables organizations to innovate overcome and prosper he is a business executive um, and an executive coach and he's actually a podcaster himself so he's got a couple of podcasts on the run which i'll ask him about he holds an mba is a member of the australian institute of company directors and is a certified organizational coach Ben, let's start with your podcast. So I listened to a recent episode of yours and you had a 17-year-old developer on there who created Apple Watch apps. He accidentally fell into entrepreneurship and it was just an incredible conversation. Your passion for chatting with him was really palpable as well. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about your podcast and what you're aiming to do with it?
1: Sure, Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. It is interesting being on the other end of the questions i said earlier off mike that i was a little bit nervous being asked the questions versus asking them myself uh, so i'll do my best to uh, to provide, provide your listeners with uh, with some good insight look a few years ago i'd uh, moved back to south australia from from victoria and i saw all these amazing business stories that were happening here and I was really surprised that no one was really telling them and particularly for people who are in business or are starting a business or are thinking about starting a business they don't really understand the depth of creating a business what it takes what happens when you get into those dark places when things aren't going well and all of the good stories that we put up about you know great entrepreneurs have all had those really difficult times that they've gone through so i just felt really compelled to tell those stories and so i created the self-made theory uh, which is a podcast about entrepreneurs innovators great business people great leaders and the stories that sit behind their greatness
0: and it's really interesting i have to congratulate on you on it because um i guess i found you through a mutual contact that we had at pexit and then when I started digging into um, your podcast, it, it's really good. I think I'm drawn to podcasting because I like being able to do a couple of things at once. So when I'm running, I like to listen to podcasts and it feels like my brain's working at the same time as I'm, as I'm you know, running it out. And I think we need more Australian podcasts. We need more of the Australian voices as well. And to talk about the little people as well as the big people And your podcast definitely does that. It's really interesting. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, I also wanted to talk to you. I know that you've developed an executive coaching product that is um, conducted while you're cycling. So this is a break from the old school days of doing business on the golf course. Um, But, you know, I, I think I say this all the time, but I have a background in exercise and sports science. And so anything to do with wellness and business is exactly where I want to be. And I love ideas that are coming out like this. So can you tell me more about this executive coaching product um, while cycling?
1: Sure, so my business is also called the self-made theory. And when we think of sort of founders and entrepreneurs and CEOs, we often consider they're, you know, a self-made success. But when you really understand what comes behind them or who supported them or the mentors that they had or the coaches that they had or a confident you know who's helped them succeed uh, well beyond what they could have achieved alone and so when we think about self-made people the it's more a theory rather than a reality and so that's where my, my business comes in and so I work with executives and business leaders and, uh, and businesses in general to help them really in a number of uh, key areas um, and i think you mentioned it before i help them innovate i help them overcome and i help them prosper Uh, and that's what i do in my business and executive coaching practice what came out of a conversation i had with a recent new client uh, a few months ago was uh, he was a very successful business guy running a great business but had got himself into a really tough spot in terms of not building the right organizational structure uh, around him to support him so that's what we're helping with at the moment and when we were talking about his goals for this year, one of them was, Ben, I've really let myself go physically, and I don't have time for exercise in my life. And so, of course, I've gone away thinking, how can I solve that problem for him? You know, he's invested, you know, two hours a fortnight with me, which is probably all the available time that he has uh, to help uh, improve his business and his uh, his personal life. And and that's when it dawned on me, why can't we? use that time and have exercise as part of it. So I started to do some research behind it, as you do when you're creating a new product. And uh, I read some really interesting stuff around uh, the science and and you'll be able to speak to this better than I can. Uh, But I remember reading one particular Harvard Business Review article, which said that, uh, you know, studies indicate that our mental firepower is directly linked to our physical regimen. And they talked about you know that exercise brings improved concentration, sharper memory, faster learning, prolonged mental stamina, enhanced creativity, and lower stress. And that's before you even get to the physical benefits. So being a you know passionate cyclist myself, uh, self-made cycling was born. And so we take you know I take my executive coaching out on the road, uh, on the push bike, rather than sitting inside of a boardroom, and we get the benefits of working on their business while we're on the bike or as i like to say we handle their business while we're on the handlebars Cheesy <laughs> okay. <Jeez>, is that
0: <laughs> i'll go you one better i i love surfing so i am interested in holding more board meetings <laughs> well,
1: that out- will be interesting how you can how, yeah. how you could, the interesting part there is how do you stay side by side and actually hold a conversation while you're uh, you could certainly do it while you're uh, waiting for the waves to come
0: well, yeah, that's that's the, that's the beauty of the lull, out, out the back and that beautiful lull where you're waiting and just waiting and being patient and then, yeah, you can take off on party waves together and keep the discussion going. But, um, yeah, I really love that idea. I think, you know, Adelaide being a, such a fantastic cycling city would be the perfect place to do that. I think we might be a bit hamstrung here in Sydney.
1: Well, and I'm a tech guy, right, as you know and I love tech and, uh, and we, you know, we have the ability to do it remotely using platforms like Zwift, which is an online cycling world where you can uh, basically ride and compete against others who are, uh, who are in the, using that platform, using a smart uh, bike trainer. And so we can be on a conference call talking through their business while we're riding together uh, in this virtual world called Zwift. So uh, not limited to just, just clients in Adelaide.
0: Oh, okay, so I've just learned something then. Um, I've got a friend who is a Ironman triathlete who's also um, has a pretty successful career at Macquarie Bank. I think he's quite high up. So, um, yeah, he's had a couple of injuries on the bike, but he now um, does most of his training on a cycler in his garage watching videos and, um, like, keeping track. He'll he'll watch a lot of cycling and a lot of um, triathlete videos But maybe that's an opportunity to send him over your way. So I'll I'll definitely make the introduction. Um, You touched on it just before, like self-made being a theory. And even deeper than that, I kind of wanted to go a little bit philosophy on you. I don't know if you're familiar with Will Anderson's podcast, but one of the questions he asks as part of his podcast to every guest that he has is, do you have a philosophy?
1: personal one or a business one
0: it can be either you can it can be a life one it can be a business one um, whatever you like
1: so I think my general philosophy in in life and in business because I think those two things do go together Uh, I think if you don't you don't turn up as yourself inside of your business you're not authentic and people see through that so I think there is definitely a crossover between who you are personally and who you are business. If they're exactly the same, that's a problem. If your life is about your work and your business and that's who you are and that's who your identity is, that's a big challenge for you because at some point you'll get fired or you'll retire or you'll you know want to do something different and you've lost your identity. So I think turning up uh, uh, authentically uh, in your role is really important. Um, I think my general philosophy sits around a couple of key things. Uh, One is be authentic. That's really important. Uh, Number two is focus on what's important to others. Because if you serve others well, you will get the returns for your business. So whether that's turning up for your clients and being authentic for them and and serving them well, uh, they will in turn return Plenty back to you, both financially and other. So, so serve others. I think is a really core tenement uh, for me, and that's done me very, very well over over many years. Um, and so you take those two things and put them together, and I think uh, that's uh, that's probably my core my core philosophy. Be authentic and serve others.
0: That's a good one. I I don't really come down to philosophy so much. Maybe my philosophy is around design your life. Um, but mine just comes down to priorities, and that first priority is health, because without my health, I can't really do anything. Can't can't be a good mom. Can't be a good um, employee. Can't be a good friend. Can't be a good you know partner, and all of that some sort of stuff. Um, and then it's family is the second priority, and family is made up of not just um, my blood relatives that are close to me, but and it's also made up of that small group of people who I've just had in my life for so long that they are friends that are elevated. Um, and then I go work. And I think work is definitely part of your identity for a lot of people, especially the businesses that I deal with. Um, but it's not your full identity. That that health and that family aspect definitely come before what you can put into work. Um
1: couldn't agree more. And I think the thing... The particular piece about making sure that you're well and that you look after yourself is really important. Now, gotta be very careful not to be selfish with that type of attitude and some will take mm-hmm. that too far. But it's the classic airplane oxygen mask. Yep.
0: Don't put
1: you, yours on yeah, first. Before you can help others. Yep. Uh, and so put your own oxygen mask on, make sure you're well. And choose which of your children you love it ne- the most and put theirs on next. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think for me as well, um, health is, you know, it, we've spoken before about this, and I think in our space, the businesses that we're dealing with and the kind of things that we have to cover, cover as far as business coaching and technology solutions, um, we have to talk a lot about mental health. So part of that um, health aspect is not just getting your exercise in every day and keeping fit but it's also maybe you need that girls night out dinner because that's part of your mental health or or maybe you need that that time with your partner because that's part of you know creating a healthy relationship between you that's without kids so um I, i try and justify every decision based on those three priorities so when i say sorry, babe, I need to go to dinner tonight with the girls. It's part of my mental health. I really mean it.
1: You touched on something that is really, really important to me and I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, and part of the reason why I've started one of the other podcasts that I, that I host. I think that the challenge for us in today's busy life is understanding how the changes that we go through in our lives and the dynamics of the relationships we have, how important it is to be intentional around managing those. So when you're a single person, all of your available time, so forget about just work and and sort of general family responsibilities, but all your free family time that you have available to you is yours to spend how you choose to, right? So your relationship with yourself is is, is, the most important thing. When a partner comes along, you now have to divide that, that available time between two, spending time with your partner and also spending time, you know, with yourself and working on your own relationship. Then kids come along. And so how many kids have you got?
0: Two. Two,
1: okay. So, so now in the time that you had to spend on just yourself, you now have five different relationships that you need to spread that time between. Let me count them. Yourself. Mm-hmm. Your partner. It's two. Mm-hmm. With each of your kids, three and four. And your relationship as a family unit. now that's that's the five relationships and they're all different and they all have different needs and what happens to many couples is that logistically you actually have to spend a large part of that time together as a family unit particularly early on with the kids because that's just the way it needs to be but if you you neglect self if you neglect your couple relationship uh, you're actually setting yourselves up to fail because what happens and we often see this the average Time for a relationship or a marriage is about twelve years. Uh-huh. So what happens? That the reason that time frame exists is because you know, by the time the kids get to eight, nine, ten, become a bit more self-sufficient, people start to look around in their relationships and go, hmm, "Who am I? I've forgotten who I am. I haven't spent any time on me. I'm just this mother or this father, this income earner or the whatever you see yourself as at that point." Or they look at their partner and go, "Who are you?" drifted apart for the last ten years. Who's that person sleeping in my bed? Um, And and that's and that's what happens. Uh, And there's plenty of science that'll um, plenty of uh, studies that will show you will show you that. And so you have to be really intentional about it. And getting that balance right is really important. And so you know, when the kids are little, 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 you're not going to be having date nights every week. You've got to be intentional about making sure you still continue to do that and you still have some time to yourself at some point. So absolutely 100% advocate for it.
0: Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I I love going down these rabbit holes when I'm talking to you because um, I think you and I are from the same school that everything is inextricably linked. Like the things that we're doing inside a business, um, coaching, in your case, coaching businesses, in my case, providing, you know, technical solutions. It's all about provide. It's all about the why, and it comes down to being able to provide something that is for a particular reason, and that always connects back to the next thing. It connects to, you know, more healthy employees. It might be um, more productivity while you're at work, so that you can then go away and have your family time, have your own time, have your exercise time. I think. Um, One of the great things that I get to do, at least when I'm talking to businesses, is asking those big picture questions about why are we sitting here in this meeting trying to decide um, what platforms and, and what user experience you're trying to put in place? Because then I can understand really from that holistic point of view, it's not just about a work day for someone. It's about a whole day for someone and a whole employee and a whole person that comes to work at your workplace. I know that you subscribe to that same school.
1: Yeah, 100 percent.
0: Yeah. Um, Now, we are in the age of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and we can't really have any conversation at the moment without talking about that. So um, one of the questions that I had for you was about, you know, what business questions are you being asked at the moment that you can solve with technology? And I just want to wrap a coronavirus, COVID-19 sort of wrapper around that to see what you're being asked at the moment and where, you know, something like this happens and it is what it is, but where are the opportunities um, in that? You know, how, how do businesses have to pivot and find those opportunities?
1: Are you talking for opportunities for service providers or technology companies or are you talking about opportunities for business in general?
0: both yeah i mean obvious ones are things like okay with everybody working from home there is the um, opportunity for video conferencing to become part of our daily lives but post COVID 19 are people going to get used to working from home and therefore we're going to see um like a, a lot more of it and are we going to see a shift in business hours um do you think we'll see a shift in Yeah, in how people can manage their workday over video conferencing because it's kind of they're they're being forced into this uh, lockdown or self-isolation where we might actually grow used to it and understand to trust each other more when we're working um, and be able to be more efficient. So, you know, working from home, maybe that means that you can start to pick your kids up from daycare or school and um you know just change the way you work i'm just interested in in your ideas around what opportunities there are
1: i think in any crisis period and i've been in the video industry for a long time i think how many years decades and so we went through i've been through the you know 9 11 what happened around that time uh you know the sars and, and others as well and none of them quite as serious as this obviously but I think we'll see a pendulum swing. I think we'll see a big swing the other way around uh, you know, the work from home piece because people are forced to. But I'm not sure that's what the future's going to look like. I think post COVID-19, I think we need to continue to understand and I think people will recognise that we are still social creatures okay. and being together face to face, there is nothing better. There's nothing better. Despite how wonderful technology is, and despite how amazing it is, and despite how it enables us to do things sometimes, some cases better, faster, um, you know, more efficiently, I think there will still be a desire from leaders through to people and workers to be together. And I think we'll see a period of time. What that period of time is, I don't. I couldn't tell you because it'll depend a lot on how COVID rolls out, but. But I think there'll be a period of time when we pendulum swing the other way and people will recognise that actually, yeah, I miss this. I miss that face-to-face contact.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think um, we're already seeing that a little bit because I've got a couple of clients who um, haven't been instructed to work from home yet. So as of, you know, um, about an hour ago, they were still – making in-person meetings for Friday because we have this big design thinking workshop that we're going to go that we had planned to go through. So um, and that is such an exercise for in-person. And the whole premise behind the workshop is we're halfway through a project and they've got into very much delivery phase and and tried to pull down a lot of the scope into just essential things and they've lost sight of why they first did this, and it was for the user experience. It was for the employee experience. It was um, a, a building that was going to be their ne- you know, part of their smart building journey, but it was going to be their next kind of flagship um, in their company. So the design workshop, I mean, that's not going to be good over video conferencing. That needs to be in person. And
1: I've got to, uh, I've got a training uh Workshop coming up in a remote uh, community, and I'm talking really remote community uh, teaching to uh, teaching a local radio station you know, people how to build, design, produce podcasts. I can't do that remotely. Yeah, uh, and so it has to be an in person piece, or it doesn't happen. So there are certainly going to be cases like that where if we can't meet face-to-face, then we'll probably have to put some things on hold or accept accept a lesser outcome in some cases. But there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of use cases where using technology can be just as effective uh, as being face-to-face. All of the outputs aside, I think there is still this desire that we are very social creatures uh, and we will still need to come together with friends, family, work colleagues, clients, suppliers, partners. Uh, face-to-face to continue to maintain those great relationships that we've built. So.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that career that you mentioned? So decades inside the video industry. I know that you, you had some time at iVision before it was built, bought out by Telstra. Can you give us a little bit of your history?
1: So if I go way, 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 way back, mm-hmm. um, if I jump in my DeLorean and, and go back, uh, my, I originally started as a finance guy. So my backgrounds are, you know, I tell this too often to too many people, um, but that was my, that was my original background. So involved in uh, organizations and sort of accounting roles and CFO type roles. Uh, and then decided that, that wasn't the career path because I had a lot more to offer. Um, I, I feel like I had a lot of broad skills. And uh, so I often did an MBA, which uh, was for me sensational spend some time in a people and culture role, I was convinced after being harassed for years to move into sales because I'm great at listening and good at working out solutions and good with technology. Uh, and that was uh, a pretty amazing step, really. Who's gonna take a CFO type person and stick them into a technology sales, consulting led sales role at CXO level, nobody. And I was fortunate to be given that opportunity. And then and from there, I've had sales management roles. Uh, I've been uh, head of technology and engineering, um, where I was responsible for the engineering pre and post and managed services, etc., for a company uh, and then uh, uh, then uh, ended up as a general manager inside of Telstra. So so a very broad and diverse career, which I think has been really, really powerful. I think that uh, there's a lot of studies that will tell you that generalists uh, have a very, very big future in in the new world.
0: Yeah, well, you touch on a lot of um, roles that are, you know, in large organisations there's sort of 10 to 16 different people inside a group making a decision about the future and how technology affects that. And they are people in culture. They are the CFO. They are the, I guess, the... General management type levels, and all of those people are involved. But all of those people are inside you too. So, um, as far as thought leadership and into what's coming next, you're pretty well placed with your skill set. Um, and that's I tell- why I think
1: it, and that's why I think it works really well in my consulting practice because I can I can look at an organisation very broadly across all of the disciplines of a of an organisation, but then be able to drill down deeply into them. So it brings a bit of a unique skill set, actually, compared to perhaps other consultants or executive coaches that might just come from you know, a technology background or a finance background or a sales background or a GM-type background.
0: Mm. Um, what sort of questions are they asking you that can be solved with technology and what the, the businesses that you're dealing with, are they embracing smart buildings, smart places? I mean we just went through a rebrand into place os and the research behind um, why we did that was because i guess our previous brand really just didn't sit well with what we were doing as far as you know being the technological spine for user experience so the new brand it's related to placemaking and being the operating system for a building and being yeah, that technology spine that drives user experience. And I'm wondering, um, in your experience, when they're when they're bringing someone like you in to do the business coach, business coaching, are they ready for things like that? Are they embracing it? Are they asking you your opinion about what's next? How do we step into this kind of new world? How do we embrace this?
1: I think the biggest challenge that most clients have had in the technology space is they've been very siloed in their approach. Mm-hmm. I've got a problem with remote workers. How do I solve that? Oh, well, let's stick a technology platform in place. Let's do a Zoom or a Exap or a you know, Webex or whatever. And what they're not thinking is they're not thinking holistically across their their employee engagement and experience. And I think that's where I'm really interested to see where this takes your organisation because I think that there is a real opportunity to think. Way more holistically about how an organisation operates. And then the technology should support that, not the other way around. That's right. I think that's, the, I think that's the key. And, and if that's done holistically, then all of the interconnects between physical space, virtual space, I'm in the office, I'm not in the office. How do I navigate the building? How do I interact with you know, the things that are going on inside of the building space? If those can be made holistically, in the user experience and the efficiency, the outputs of that organisation will go
0: up. Yeah, dramatically, I think was, I think your audio just cut out That just yeah. was the end there. Um, yeah, I and beyond workplace, I guess we're working in a lot of other verticals as well, one of them being health and coming back to that COVID-19, um, you know, issue that is, you know, you just can't avoid right now. One of the solutions that we provided was to New South Wales Health and we co-built a product called My Virtual Care. Um, so even beyond, you've got this technology backbone, great. So it, 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 in this case, it's a Pexip backbone um, and that does video conferencing. But it's about the integrations and the interfaces that we can offer to promote that patient journey, that clinician journey, that interpreter journey, that Parent or friend of the patient journey, so we we really expanded it out. And um, I take your point on the employee experience, and we're really working on um, just experience in general when it comes to other verticals as well. Um, are you are you doing anything interesting in any other vertical besides workplace and business at the moment?
1: And there's a couple I can't talk about, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I, look, I think you've. I think you've hit on really a fundamental basic principle Right? is is the design thinking piece that sits behind. Forget about the technology. The technology is just an enabler to achieve something. What is it that we're trying to achieve? What experience are we trying to provide? And that's the place that you've got to start. And whether that's an experience as you've pointed out to a patient or to a carer or to a a family member, that's where we've got to focus. We try and shoehorn uh, their their experience into the technology we've got, we've lost already.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, you Part and I could talk time. all day because we have a lot of the same sort of theories, mm-hmm. but is there anything that I guess you wanted to throw in at the end, anything that you wanted to plug? I mean, feel free to go through um, the podcast that you're doing so that our listeners can sort of understand a bit more about what you do and potentially, you know, listen to some of those those podcasts that you're running as well.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So I mean, I I assume you will, will, I'll give you some links and other things that people can go and access, uh, access them uh, in the show notes. Uh, But obviously, the the self made theory, that's the uh, that's the business one. And so if you're interested in in entrepreneurial business journey and how to start and run a business and all the fun that uh, happens alongside that, uh, that's the place to go. And these podcasts are on everywhere, uh, every every platform. uh, I have, the two other ones have a, have a Christian bent. So one of them is called He Says, She Says, God Says, uh, which is about marriage and relationships. Uh, and so that's uh, that's a new one that I've just uh, started. I co-host that with my wife uh, and another a number of other couples. Uh, and so if that's of interest to you, that uh, again can be found on all the different platforms. And another one called Revival on the Air today, which is the one where I interview people from all around the world on miracles that have happened. in there. So some really interesting, very diverse and different stories. I do have a new one coming out. Mm-hmm. That's not a podcast. It's a video series and it's called Entrepreneurs on e-scooters. And so it's taking the self-made theory principle around interviewing entrepreneurs about their business. We do it on e-scooters while we're being <laughs> filmed uh, around the city. And So we've got a, our pilot episode coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's it's really fun. It, it's a really interesting, different way of telling someone's story. So look out for that one. You can Google that. Find entrepreneurs on e scooters on uh, Facebook and platforms at the moment.
0: Oh, that just raises so many more questions about like mobility as a service and things like you know some of those bigger smart city moves. Um, like recently, a recruiter got in touch with me because they saw what I do and they were trying to recruit me across to a mobility as a service um, business. And I was just interested because they, you know, the pitch from the recruiter was quite interesting. But, oh, yeah, that's that just opens up a whole other stream of questions. So I'm going to have to um, park those for another time. Um, I want to say thank you for your time. I know that you're a very busy man. And um, so I just want to say thank you. And I will link some of those things into the show notes of this podcast. Thank you so much, Ben.
1: Have a good week. You
0: too.